0: that cup I just thought to myself even so come quickly Lord Jesus (laughs) it's been one of those last couple of weeks power failures that's something that we're familiar with here in our town as a matter of fact Carlos was telling me there's partial power failure down in by the Chevron down there Um, you know that that's something that we're all going to have to deal with at one point or another Last few weeks for me have been quite a challenge, uh, to put it mildly, between my wife and our dog being attacked last Sunday by a dog. My dad's in the hospital right now in the intensive care unit. Um, You know, it's one of those times that you run across in your life that there's some difficulty. But on the good side, 45 years ago, May 4th, 1973, long before Star Wars came about, by the way, for those Star Wars fans, uh, I came to Christ on May 4th, 1973. And what a, yeah, amen. Uh, What a a great blessing that is. I was still a a young person at that point, but uh, what a great remembrance of all that God has done in my life. Over these years, but tonight, tonight, I'm thinking of tonight because we're going to have a power failure right now—not of the lights here. Go ahead, Adriana. Cambria at night. Now, this—that's kind of typical, anyway, of that picture. But power failures are nothing really that unusual for us here. And matter of fact, it used to be if you would sneeze too hard, the power would blow out in town here. Um. Uh, and and that still happens sometimes. But when you have a hotel full of guests and you're working at the front desk and the power goes out and stays out all night long, uh, people are not happy. And it, it's quite an unpleasant experience. People kind of lose their sense of reality when the power goes out. Like, what are you going to do about it? Um, wait for PG&E to fix the problem? <laughs> you know, But when the power goes out, it's not just the inconvenience. I realized through that experience and through other things that it's what happens when one of those things goes out that you took for granted and you can't get it back and you don't know what to do about it. And that's kind of what I want to address with you this morning. Everybody has a power failure in their life whether it's physical, emotional, or spiritual. The physical, uh, you probably want to talk to somebody else about. The emotional and spiritual, though, I certainly think the message this morning is going to help you. Many people seem to be exhausted all the time and by all the things facing them. Uh, For example, on the slide, this may be true of you. I feel like I'm already tired tomorrow. You know, you're so worn out that you're already feeling it tomorrow. Or maybe you're like this little guy, just tired, just so tired, collapsed on the ground. But, uh, you know, power failures are a common problem. Who faces them? Everybody. Even people that we may look to as a hero or role model or somebody that we think has it all together, Everybody goes through times of of feeling powerless in their life. Charlie Brown, there I'm even too tired to cry. You know, Um, we we've all been there. But think about it: uh, people that we look to to be a source of encouragement and strength for us, pastors. Now, pastors run out of oomph. They run out of things to say. They don't know what to do at times. They have to do counseling and administrative stuff and. Dealing with a deacon board, uh, Oren, you know, that's a difficult thing for a pastor to deal with guys like us. Um, Having to keep people happy, having to have a family on top of that. Many pastors have quit because of that very fact. They're just so burned out. Missionaries, you know, we think of our missionaries as great examples and role models. They're out there winning thousands for Christ, or at least somebody for Christ out on the mission field, they get burned out, they get tired, illness, discouragement, weakness, loneliness, feelings of powerlessness to can complete their task. Or you think of Christian authors, you know, you think of your favorite Christian author or Christian musician or speaker. You know, all these people have to go night after night performing and carrying out their their ministry, whatever it is having to deal with criticism of the audience, and that's a bad thing, especially since the invention of Twitter and Facebook and YouTube and all these other things that people use. You open yourself up to be stabbed a thousand times. But everyday believers also run out of oomph at times, feeling powerless in the situations we face. And since we're everyday believers here in this room, except for Steve, he's Superman there, so you got to look at that. But uh, don't despair. You're in good company if you feel this way. Let's look at what the Apostle Paul said of his own experience. you put that slide up, please? And if you can read that, that's pretty big on that side. Paul said, are they servants of Christ? I am a better one. I am talking like a madman with far greater labors, far more imprisonments, with countless beatings, and often near death. in toil and hardship, through many a sleepless night, in hunger and thirst, often without food, in cold and exposure. And apart from other things, there is the daily pressure on me of my anxiety for all the churches. So you think you had a bad day. Um, Paul endured, though, and so can we. So that's what I want to talk about today is how do we restore power? And there's another familiar picture to those of us in Cambria of uh, the power company out trying to restore our power. <clears throat> Excuse me. So how do we regain strength and find a place of renewal? And how do we get beyond our trials of our lives to be re-energized to be all that God has called us to be? It's by declaring war. Now, war? What the heck are you talking about? What I'm talking about is not a battle of a physical nature, but a spiritual battle, involving three simple elements that are very easy to overlook. As a matter of fact, they're listed on there for you to take notes in your little handout. They're the three letters of the word war, W-A-R, And we're going to talk about those three elements as we find renewal and restoration that God has prescribed for us. And the first letter, W, is wait. Wait? I mean, everything's falling apart in my life. You tell me to wait? Well, yes, that's what I'm telling you. It seems like the last thing we want to do when we're powerless is sit and wait. To be taking some form of action. Well, let's look at what I mean by eight. If you want to turn over in your Bible to Isaiah chapter forty, verses twenty-seven to thirty-one, we sang about this a few minutes ago as well. But we're going to talk about this passage today, and it's also appearing on your slide, your screen right now. So Isaiah chapter forty, verses twenty-seven to thirty-one, and you can follow along on the screen or in your Bible. Even youths shall faint and be weary, and young men shall fall exhausted. But they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So waiting. There are six truths that I found in this passage that are... Very important for us as we wait. And as we do, we kind of mount up with wings like eagles, as we're going to see on a slide. There he is. You know, you've seen eagles, maybe. We see a lot of hawks and vultures around here. Not as many eagles, but uh, they just kind of soar up there above everything else and just kind of float. While we're down here worrying and fretting, they're just floating up there. Six truths about waiting that I saw in this passage. The first one, God says through Isaiah, Why do you say, O Jacob, and speak, O Israel? My way is hidden from the Lord, and my right is disregarded by my God. The first truth is that your way is not hidden from God. He knows and he sees all that you're going through. In fact, Jesus has walked the same paths that you have. We were talking about that at our nine o'clock table this morning. Don't listen to the lie that he doesn't see. He doesn't care. No, he's taken away your rights. What rights do you have anyway? <laughs> he has doesn't does indeed see and hear. He knows our weaknesses. He wants to take them, restore them, and restore us. Secondly, he says, have you not known? Have you not heard? What we need to do as well in waiting on the Lord is remind ourselves of what we have heard, what we know. It's so important to be regularly in the word of God, in the Bible, spending time seeking him waiting on him, looking to him in his word. If you cut yourself off from your source of power, no wonder you're experiencing powerlessness in your life. That's one of the main things that our enemy will try to do is to get us out of this book. Because if we're out of there, he knows we're kind of powerless. What's your plan to get going through God's word? Is it kind of haphazard or just, oh, well, whatever they're talking about on Sunday, you know, that sort of thing. No, we've got to have a specific plan of action reminding ourselves of the things that we have heard. Thirdly, and I'm going through these kind of quickly, sorry about that, but I know people want to eat lunch at some point today. The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. So in waiting on God, we need to remember his character. Remember God's character. He's always true to himself. He's always the Lord. He's always the everlasting God. He is the creator and he is the sustainer, and that's hard to say, of all. His strength is not limited His power does not run out. He doesn't faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. Yet we need to search for it. We need to search to know him, to know his character, to walk in what he is and understand who he is. Fourthly, he gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases strength. Even you shall faint and be weary. And young man shall fall exhausted. Fourthly, we need to remember that he gives new power and strength. He's the source of that power and strength to those who are weary because he never fails or faints. He shares his power with us. He's given us that ability to endure. Fifthly, but they who wait for the Lord shall renew their strength. You think of waiting Uh, When you think of it, it it might just be relaxing. You know, um, I I had a a biology teacher when I was in high school, and we used to have these things where we lived called smog alerts. Anybody remember those smog alert? Yeah, you Southern California folks do. Um, So we had this announcement one time. He said, this is a smog alert. Uh, You need to... Curtail all activities and whatever. So he literally got down on the desk up there and laid down, you know, like this. (laughs) So he was putting, he was taking it literally. But that's not what waiting is for us. It's not just relaxing and collapsed on a table. The Hebrew word also can be translated as expect, await, look for patiently, hope, be confident, trust, and endure. Waiting is an active process. It's not an inactive process. It's an action of faith and an action of trust. And as we do these things, number six, they shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. So this gives us the ability to get up, get going, and fly through the difficulties of life that made us feel powerless. But it takes that first step, doesn't it? This morning, when your alarm clock went off, if it did, I assume some of you had to set an alarm clock to get up today, you had to take that choice, first of all, to turn off that awful noise, but secondly, to take one step out of that bed and move forward. We all have to take that step of faith and trust in him. So remember, as you wait, your way is not hidden from him. You need to remind yourself of the things that you've heard. Remember God's character, that he gives new power and strength. Waiting is not an inactive process, and you have to take a step of faith. So not only are we to wait on the Lord, but Jesus also told us when we're going through times of difficulty, and this is the A on your handout, is to ask. That sounds pretty simple. Well, Jesus didn't ask us to do things that were that complicated, did he? You want to turn over to Matthew chapter 7, and again, you can follow along on the screen if you prefer. But in Matthew chapter 7, I'm going to read verses 7 through 11, and that'll appear on your screen now, I think. There it is. Ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks it will be opened. Or which one of you, if his son asks for him for bread, will you give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will you give him a serpent? If you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father who is in heaven give good things to those who ask him? God wants us to come to him with our powerlessness and ask him for help. You ever notice that the word ask, A-S-K, also aligns with ask, seek, and knock? Same letters of the alphabet. And I'm sure that was not intentional in the, the uh, Greek or whatever language this was written in originally. But ask, seek, and knock. Have you even asked him for help? Oh, I never thought about that. I mean, God cares and he wants to hear about me being out of oomph and weak and tired and worn out. Yeah, he wants you to ask him. But as you ask him, you need to remember who we are seeking in prayer. And we're not seeking a God who's far away and doesn't care, a God who's, you know, asleep on the watch, whatever. We're seeking our good Father. The one who knows our true need. He gives bread, not serpents, when you ask him. He gives us what we need. And sometimes his response uh, is seemingly nothing. We may ask and we hear nothing in response. Or we hear little in response. And that's okay. Because he, we can't always see what's truly best for us. And we pray one way, and God may answer a different way. Uh, his answers are always there. They're either yes, no, or later. Or I've got a better plan in mind than you do. So take it to him. Ask him. His response is always good, even if he doesn't seem to be responding, because he can truly see what's best for us. He always responds and works not just for your personal good, but for a more ultimate plan. He's got a more ultimate plan for your life, and also it's for his glory that he wants to work. There's an eternal purpose. As you're waiting on the Lord, it means casting your weight, W-E-I-G-H-T, on the Lord in prayer. Pray and seek his face and give him that burden on your heart as you ask him for help. And what's holding you back today? Let it go. Give it over to him. Give him that burden, that worry, and that concern, Your weakness. The ask process, asking, seeking, knocking, also implies endurance. If you translate the word literally in the, the verb tense form, of this passage it'll say keep on asking keep on seeking keep on knocking and trusting in the one you know is faithful so keep at it keep asking keep waiting so we've waited on the Lord we've sought him in prayer so what do we do next worry and fret run around scream and shout no we rest, and that is the R in our little anachronym of war. In Matthew eleven, twenty eight to thirty, Jesus also talked about this very thing, and it's there on the screen for you. I'm bending up my Bible page. Matthew eleven twenty eight to thirty. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your soul. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. We rest in him. That picture says on the, the screen there. What does it mean to rest? Well, all. first of all, we see that all can come to him. Jesus says, come to me all who labor and are heavy laden. Not just limited to a few, not to the guy who's got it all together or whatever. He says, all of you come to me if you're heavy laden Take your burdens, your worries, your heavy loads to him. And by the way, he says, if your yoke seems heavy, you just might be carrying the wrong yoke. Because Jesus said that his yoke is easy. That doesn't mean that taking the easy way is an easy way all the time. But sometimes we have that wrong yoke on us rather than his. And again, remember who you are serving. In Isaiah, we saw remember who God is. In the other passage, we saw remember who we're praying to. And in this passage, we see remember who we are serving. Jesus. He is gentle, it says there, lowly in heart. He is the one who is is guiding not some cruel taskmaster or somebody who doesn't care about you. It's not somebody who doesn't know what it is because he does know what it is. He's been there. He's carried your wounds in his hands and in his side. He's carried your weight. Why are you still carrying it? You were never meant to carry it. He was. He's the one who's meant to carry it. You know, And and the idea of their culture, again, when they would yoke animals, a yoke would often have two animals on it, but they would put the stronger one in the lead, so to speak, and the weaker one at its side. So actually the stronger animal did the pulling, and the other one just kind of helped out a little bit. And that's a good picture for us to remember, that it's his yoke. He's the stronger one. He wants to pull the load. As you do these things, you'll find true rest that he wants you to have. So we have basically three weapons of our warfare that we've talked about this morning. Waiting on him, asking him, and resting in him. The Psalms often spoke of this kind of rest as well, and we have a couple of them there. Uh, Psalm 116, 5 through 7 says, Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. Now, sometimes... As it says there, uh, I was brought low, he saved me. Sometimes we have to be broken before we know we need to be fixed. That's something that I've learned in my life that that God has had to break me of a lot of things to know that I needed to be fixed. That my only hope and source was in him. And as you trust in him, remembering he's gracious, he's merciful, he preserves. Our souls can return to rest because God has bountifully dealt with us. There's another psalm I have on there as well, Psalm 127, 1-2. Unless the Lord builds the house, those who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is in vain that you rise up early and go late to rest, eating the bread of anxious toil, for he gives to his beloved sleep. Sleep. What a, a unique concept. That's something that uh, us insomniacs would enjoy a little bit more of. Um, Runs in the family. Thankfully, my wife didn't get it because of me, because she's not genetically related, Um But insomnia is a problem that runs in the family, and I know some of of others of you have had the same difficulty. But if God is in control of the building process of your life, of your family, of your city, then why are you sitting up and worrying about it? It's vain for you to rise up early, to go to bed late, worrying, being anxious, being burdened down. Rest assured and stop losing sleep. So how is your battle today? How is your power supply in your life? Do you notice any shortages of power? Or is the power just playing out? Today I want to encourage you to wait, to ask, and to rest in the Lord. To give him the burdens, to let him take care of of those difficulties. As you commit your war over to him today, he will take care of that. There's a couple of quotes I found related to this. First one's from an anonymous source. It says, Almighty must be that power whose sufficient strength is weakness. Now, Paul said that my strength is in Christ. My, my strength is weakness. So, if it's realizing and accepting our weakness, that he can fill us with his power. And St. Augustine said, when God is our strength, it is strength indeed. When our strength is our own, it is only weakness. You may trust in your physical ability. Good luck. Uh, It won't get you through the real crux of life, which is the spiritual power that we need our strength is only weakness so I've kept this message short today for your benefit to uh, get to your lunch sooner Uh, but you know just want you to take those things away with you today and I came across recently again a song that is written by one of my favorite artists who's been through these same struggles I think we were born under the same tree or something. I don't know. We just seem to be so alike. And I wanted to read this for you. It's actually on the back side of your handout as well, the lyrics for this. And I have them. I can almost read them up there. And I just wanted to read it for you. Thankfully, I'm not going to sing it. So rejoice in that fact. Lord, I have a heavy burden of all I've seen and know. It's more than I can handle but your word is burning like a fire shut up in my bones, and I cannot let it go. And when I'm weary and overwrought with so many battles left unfought, I think of Paul and Silas in the prison yard. I hear their song of freedom rising to the star. And when the saints go marching in, I want to be one of them. Lord, it's all that I can't carry and cannot leave behind, It often overwhelms me. But when I think of all who've gone before and lived the faithful life, their courage compels me. And when I'm weary and overwrought, with so many battles left unfought, I think of Paul and Silas in the prison yard. I hear their song of freedom rising to the stars. I see the shepherd Moses in the Pharaoh's court. I hear his call for freedom for the people of the Lord. And when the saints go marching in, I want to be one of them. Go on to the next slide there. I see the long, quiet walk along the underground railroad. I see the slave awakening to the value of her soul. I see the young missionary and the angry spear. I see his family returning with no trace of fear. I see the long, hard shadows of Calcutta Nights. I see the sisters standing by the dying man's side. I see the young girl huddled on the brothel floor. I see the man with a passion coming kicking down the door. I see the man of sorrows and his long troubled road. I see the world on his shoulders and my easy load. And when the saints go marching in, I want to be one. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that your word is so simple and straightforward. We often miss the simple truths that you have for us. Lord, as we struggle with life's challenges and difficulties, thank you that you've been there and you know what it is. You know that we're but dust and we are dependent upon you. God, I pray that you would help each one of my brothers and sisters here, those Hearing this message, Lord, to cast their weight upon you as they wait on you, to truly and boldly come before you and ask for help, and then to rest in your answer and to trust in you. Pray that you would help us as we think about these things the rest of of this day. Lord, also as we go to enjoy our meal together, I pray that you would bless that food and that fellowship time that your name would be honored and glorified. And thank you, Lord, that you are who you are in Jesus' name.